Hi there, I'm John Underhill, and this is the Red Special Guitar Podcast. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Red Special Guitar Podcast. Now, each week I ask for feedback, and I have a little pun where I provide some feedback from my amp, but this week I've actually had some feedback in the form of an email from a young man named Charles, who's a 14-year-old Filipino fan. Charles goes on to tell me that he got inspired by Brian May after watching the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, and he's amazed that the guitar has so many vast array of tones, and the fact it's homemade, and it's still being used 57 years later. Charles really would like a guitar himself, but is unable to purchase one, so he's looking at compiling plans so that he's ready so he can build his own. He got really excited at seeing the show, this show, the podcast, available on Spotify, but unfortunately he doesn't have technology to be able to download it on Spotify, so he reached out and asked if we could add a YouTube channel, which we did, and Charles has now been able to catch up with the podcast, and he sends his thanks and warm wishes for the future. So, We do actually now have the podcast available on YouTube, so you can head over to our YouTube channel and check that out. There'll be a link in the description below. And that means if you want to listen to it or watch it, not that there's any moving pictures at the moment, um, you can do that too. And the second announcement I'd like to make before we get into our guest is that after taking some advice as how to grow the channel and get some more episodes out more frequently, I have had to increase the hosting plan for the podcast. So with that in mind, I have created a Patreon account, which I will link in the description below. And you can all head over and check that out if you choose to. And that means that you can help support the channel grow by donating a small amount of money each month to help towards the cost of running the channel. There are several different tiers and each one comes with some different rewards and bonuses for your support. And I just want to say thank you to the one patron I have at time of recording. You absolutely rock, and thank you very much for believing in me and believing in the podcast. Today on the Red Special Podcast, I would like to welcome a friend of mine who loves chips and mayo. It is Gerben. Gerben, hello, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am very good. I'd like to tell everyone... I'm not with Gerben, and very unfortunately, we're using Zoom, and he is not eating chips and mayo as we speak, which is most upsetting. I must admit that I have a little bowl of mayo next to me in case my uh, my throat goes a bit sore because of talking. I've got water, you've got mayo. Excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Gerben, thank you very much for agreeing to be part of this, and... Uh, for your time it's uh, much appreciated i know you will, will have been upset not to have come to the uk meetup this year yep we would have loved to come along yes yeah it's um covid's been a, a terrible time has it affected you much with your with your teaching no not really uh in the netherlands uh, there's some sort of rule by the government that um that the primary schools uh, could stay open. That seems reasonably safe for both uh, children and teachers. So uh, my life didn't really change that much over the past year. Okay, and you've been keeping safe and well? Yes, yes. Wonderful. So for those that don't know Gerben, Gerben has been a forum member for longer than I care to remember and probably longer than he cares to remember too. Um, But Gerben has a... (laughs) 
Gerben has an interesting story and I'm going to ask him some questions about that. So Gerben, tell me about the first time you remember hearing the first Queen track and what it was. I can't remember the exact moment, but it, but it must have been around around 1991, I guess. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it had to do with uh, Freddie's passing, but um, it, it, it was a time... I was 11 years old, 91, and uh, some some rock bands really... Uh, were really good, like like uh, Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, uh, uh, Queen was was still very popular. Yeah. So I I, I kind of grew into that music, uh, started playing guitar around that age. So I can't really pick an exact moment, but it it it, it could well be a song like the show must go on. Maybe I, okay. I think it was an innuendo track. Yeah. And were you aware then of? I mean, did you hear the music and then like think, who is that? Or was it a bit more, you're older, so you're like, oh, that's Queen. Yes, in the beginning, I didn't know who they were. So I uh, I started to, to find out and uh, a concert that was played uh, quite a lot on television that day in, in the Netherlands was uh, the Budapest gig, which yep. was uh, literally uh, quite magic to see to me. Um yeah, I, I, I watched it many, many times with a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it slowly sucked me into into Queen. Uh, it got me excited and I was really interested in about that, that uh, magical guitar because I didn't know anything about it. It wasn't a Les Paul, it wasn't a Strat. And so I found out, okay, it was homemade. And uh, I'd never seen any close-up pictures. So I was also thinking, what the hell are those... Uh, six screws are, are doing over there on the scratch plate. I thought they were screws. I, I didn't know anything about it. But it interested me, so I had to know more about it. So an 11-year-old is 11-year-old Gerben back in the 90s. Obviously, the internet starts to come alive. Is do you, how, Where do you turn for your information at that point before the internet's massive and has loads of information on it? Um, a friend of mine uh, was quite a big... Queen and Brian May fan, and uh, he, he collected a lot of uh, albums and magazines. And uh, at some point, it must have been the, the late nineties. He um, he told me there was a, a, a guild Brian May for sale in a in a guitar shop not too far away from my home. And uh, especially for the younger people uh, listening, uh, <laughs> there wasn't too uh, much activity on the internet yet. Uh, and especially there weren't uh, too many high-end copies around. So uh, if you could find a guild Brian May 93 model in a shop, that was pretty pretty rare to find, I think. Uh, I think it was the only one in the Netherlands at that point as well. So um, I had to go to that shop and uh, yeah, I saw it over there and I was, I was hooked, of course. So I just had to have it. Um, I also remember it was. Uh, I remember, still remember the price. <laughs> it was um, fifty three hundred ninety guilders at that point. We didn't have euros yet, and uh, I was a seventeen year old guy, so uh, I couldn't afford it by far. So uh, I uh, very kindly asked my mother if I could uh, borrow for once in my life uh, <laughs> quite a sum of money and. Um, uh, and I, I promised the, the shop owner to 
to give him my, my Mexican Strat, my Epiphone Les Paul and my Marshall Velvstead and all my pedals because I just had to have that guitar. And my, mar- my mother uh, borrowed me the money. I'm still uh, thankful for that. So mom, if you're listening, uh, thanks again. So that yeah, was my, uh, my start. I thought for a minute there you were going to say you were still paying her back. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished last week, so I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Takes payment and chips and mayo. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so without your mum then and being being generous, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have ended up with that guild. True. Yep. So um, your mum's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And that same friend who pointed the guitar out to me, he also. Um, uh, uh, showed me the, the the website of I think it was called Brian May World at the time the 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 black and red website and and the the Pete Cornish website so I spent a lot of time uh, on on those websites the first few years and uh, well through that channel I I, I met people like uh, like Mark Reynolds and and Martin Pitcher Mike Wright and uh, Peter Michalowski. So we got in contact, and uh, well, Peter uh, forced me to uh, to spend all my money on uh, on gear, and uh, so we went. He does that to lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so seventeen-year-old Gerben ends up with a ninety-three guild. Yes. And um, so then, obviously, you you end up online, and what's the next purchase for you? You start start playing, obviously, and you learning Queen songs and. But what's the next thing you end up buying to help you with your your quest? Well, I, I soon found found out that um, just having uh, the guild Brian May um, didn't really give me the sound uh, the sound we were all after. Um, so I think I bought a Trace Elliott amp back then. It was called a C30, if I remember well, and it was supposed to be some sort of AC30 copy. But yep. it didn't really do the job. I, I, I bought a cheap uh, travel booster somewhere. Uh, but uh, what I didn't know at that time is that uh, the amp really had to be cranked uh, to, to give that sound. And uh, I didn't know about attenuators at that time. So with the amp on really low bedroom volume, uh, the travel booster, well, it gave a very harsh sound. So it's, it didn't do the job. So the, the amp had to go. And uh, after that, I, I bought my first AC30, and uh, then uh, Peter uh, forced me to buy a second one, and then Peter <laughs> forced me to buy a third one, and uh, <laughs> so I thought, okay, travel booster, three amps, now I'm finished. And then he told me, no, we're not finished because you gotta have a splitter and you gotta have a G major, and he was so clever to uh, to not tell me all of that, so. All the time I had to spend a bit extra and finally we got there some years later. I'm sure there's still something on your list though if you were to always to take a look. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. quest is never over, that's for sure. So um, there's obviously a moment where you realise that you have to crank the amps and I mean, like all of us, you've probably done that. And I know when I first did it, I cranked my AC, I turned the amp on plug the treble booster in crank the amp and you're like this sounds the hiss coming out of this you can't sound right and it's ridiculously loud yes it's um it's an interesting one but unless you go through that and then start to turn the guitar volume up and use it the way brian does you kind of don't ever really 
get to that ballpark. So, but it's um it's a leap of faith, I think, from reading it online to actually doing it and then being in the room with it. Because I don't know about you, but the first time I ever did it, the whole house shook and I thought I'd broke broken the amp. Yeah, yeah, I I recognise that uh, that experience. Yes, um, yes, but but also uh, the first time I really cranked it up loud, uh, it also gave that that feeling of uh, of of, of puzzle pieces coming come falling together i don't know if that's an english expression but um like like okay this is how it should sound uh the speakers really had to work for the first time and uh i think they they play quite a big part in the in the overall sound as well so it's it's it all came together and i also must say that um i always thought that a single ac30 sounds a bit a bit dry somehow and um, the friend I was talking about he had uh, he had an AC32 at one point so uh, on, on, a, on a Sunday afternoon we we thought we should try them together and uh, put a chorus between them and uh, that was really uh, an aha moment for me like okay now it all comes together this this is the sound yeah, I, I remember Pete Mellendrone uh, saying in an interview once, uh, it's, it's all about the Red Special, Travel Boost and AC30 and the rest is fairy dust. But to me, it's uh, two AC30s with a chorus and the rest is fairy dust. It, 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 it makes quite a difference to, to the human ear somehow. It, it, it does a big thing if, it's, uh, if there's a chorus in between. Yeah, it's pretty magical when you get it right as well. And that first time can... In- it's um, difficult to explain without necessarily being there or having had experienced it. But that first time you have two 8030s cranked with the chorus on one, dry signal on the other, and you start playing stuff. One, um, I don't know, it seems to make, to me, it makes me play better. Maybe that's because it sounds better. So I'm enjoying playing it and therefore I play better. But yes. it also seems to cover, cover things up a bit better for me as well if I make a mistake. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I understand. It works the same for me. <laughs> so that's a pretty magical moment then. So after that first go with your friend, you must have then decided to buy another AC30 and a and a chorus pedal. Yes. And a splitter and spend some more money. Yeah, and then came the moment that um, that I got fed up with my guilt. To be honest. No. Oh, no. Um, it, it, it was a beautiful looking guitar, but um, it, it, it seriously lacked uh, sustain. Uh, I heard it more often. Um, I, I played a few uh, on, on, on separate uh, meetups as well, and not all of them had that problem, but quite a few had some sustain problems to my ears. Um, it was around 2006, I think. Uh, and, okay. uh, well, all the people I I've been knowing for a few years by then, like uh, like Mark and Mike and Martin and Peter, they all had uh, KZ guitars, so yeah. um, I really had to go for for that one. So uh, <laughs> I sold I sold my guild uh, to to fund a bit for the KZ because uh, I didn't dare ask my mo- my mother again, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I was working at the time, so I was uh, I was quite fine. Um, so I bought a, a KZ a Junior, and that one arrived in two thousand and seven, and that's the guitar I still have. So I can see it behind you through Zoom, and it's not got the original. Did 
It's not got the original KZ Junior bridge. It has a original style roller bridge on it. Is that something you did, or is that something you asked KZ to do for you? Um, um, it, it, it was installed later on. Um, if I would have known that it's, uh, it, it could have been ordered already, uh, I would have done it uh, that way. Uh, I think Sean did it, uh, ordered it with a pro bridge already. Uh, and, and he told me later on, but uh, I already got this one. So I bought the, uh, I think uh, Kazutech, I called it the, the, the Pro Bridge Kit. So I bought it yep. from him and uh, I took it to a local luthier and uh, he installed it. And um, then after that, uh, lots of modifications were done, done about the guitar. Uh, well, um, not to, to uh, exaggerate, but um, apart from, from the wood and the, and the tremolo, there's not much uh, original uh, on it anymore. There's really done a lot on it. So you, have, you used, have you done any of it yourself or have you used the same luthier throughout the, the time you've had it to do those mods? Um, the simple things I've done myself, like, uh, like changing the, the tuning machines, uh, the originals were Goto, if I remember well, and yep. so if there are uh, uh, Scheller tuners now, the locking ones Brian has. Um, different trim tip uh, I did myself, it was easy of course, but um, the internal stuff and the electrical stuff is, uh, is all done by others. Um, the pickups were changed. They were uh, Edison's already, but I, uh, I sent them to Adrian back in the day and he made uh, uh, a super spec uh, set of them yep. and uh, different casings on them, the, the original casings, because um, they were, I think they were Kent Amstrom casings maybe on the yep, first batch. Yeah, likely. Yeah. Yep. So he, uh, he put also the original casings on them and uh, I... Uh, I rubbed them a bit with uh, the surface a bit with with sandpaper to make them a bit less shiny, which I like. Um, uh, I've got some original uh, Jean Renault switches on them. I bought from Manuel in Spain, I think, uh, a long time yep. ago. Um, uh, yeah, a few mods had to be done on the on the aluminium switch plate to make the uh, switches fit in. So that had to be done, and Corrado in Italy made a new scratch plate for the guitar. Because it the... Really, uh, yeah. So it really isn't the same guitar then? It's... No, no. And are you happy with it now? Yes, still. Um, to be honest, um, not because, because I own one, but um, to me it's, the, it, it's my favorite uh, Red Special to play. Uh, I've played quite a lot of Guitons and, and Pros and, and Densons and, and whatever. All beautiful guitars, but I've got quite small hands. And uh, the Junior, um, and that's what does make a difference to uh, the Super, for instance, because they're very much alike. Um, this one has a bit thinner neck, and, and that's, what, that's what I like. It's still a very uh, thick neck. Yeah. Um, it's still way fatter than and the thickest Gibson or Fender necks ever made. So still a serious bet to hold, but um, it's, it's, it's the best for my hands. Good. So I can, yeah, I can see, I say again, I can see it behind you and I can see that the neck is slightly thinner as it goes up. And is it, um, what's the finish on the fretboard Gerben? Is that a lacquered finish or is it? Yes, it's yeah. lacquered, yes. But it's, yes. it's definitely not the same guitar you had when it arrived all that time ago. No, just just like I said before, it's 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 
almost like only the, the wood and the tram are original and, and most of the rest is uh, replaced. Zero fret has been replaced. Um, oh, the, the nut has been replaced as well. Not that it was necessary, but it, uh, it had to be, uh, uh, I don't know if I pronounce it well, but uh, Bakelite. So you yes. change it for more authentic nut yes. material. Yes, yeah. And you're happy with it now then? Still, yes. <laughs> Very nice guitar. Good. It's, I don't think it's ever made it to the, the meetup, has it? Uh, no. Um, I'm, I'm still thinking about uh, bringing it one time. Um, a few years ago, I visited Martin Pitcher at his place uh, for a weekend, and then I took it along. Uh, it was quite a, a hassle to, to take it on the plane because... Um, well, they were uh, making a bit of a problem of it when I took it along. So I put it in uh, inside a bag and, and, and wrapped it in, uh, in in bubble wrap. But um, you had to put it in the in the in the overhead lockers. But yeah. there are also other uh, other persons on the plane who are pushing really hard to to, to get their backpack in. So it, uh, it it was a bit of a stressful moment to be honest. So I was happy when it arrived home safely again. Yeah, no, I understand understand no it's um it's interesting hearing that what you've done to it over the years to to make it more authentic to the original um knowing what you know now would you still have bought it or would you have had another luthier make one with a thinner neck that's more accurate um that's a good one <laughs> um I um, I considered Sorry, for I, I considered buying a Guyton for a long time, um, but not that I'm a guitar collector. But I, I do have a few uh, nice guitars, and I thought, is it worth uh, selling them all to to get a Guyton, which is of course a bit more accurate. But um, on the other hand, I I compared it uh, to uh, to Martin's uh, Guyton and. And they sound they sound very very similar. I, I wouldn't dare doing an A B test. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I never liked about uh, the junior or, or supers is uh, the wood grain on the on the surface. It's yeah. uh, it's it's a bit stripy. There are some dark stripes. It's, it's uh, yeah less less quality uh, veneer for the for the looks. Yeah. That's that's the only thing uh, that, that when I see a Guyton or a Casey Pro, uh, that I think yes, that's just looking nicer. Fair enough. Well, it's an interesting one. I think um, I think when we all started off on this back in the early two thousands on the forum, um, we've all spent a lot of time, effort, and money on stuff that we thought was going to be the closest thing, and then you realise a few years later. No, that's not the right thing. We need to sell that and spend some more money on something else. Yep. It's quite an expensive hobby, really. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, so you, um... Ask my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People often ask me why I do it and why I keep trying to improve on it or keep trying to get the next thing and is it Emperor's New Clothes or is it actually making a difference? But... I think there's that element of um, if I have all the stuff that I'm happy with and I know is to be as accurate as it can be, I have no excuse when I pick the guitar up and play to not sound the way I want it to. And I, it's a, probably a, 
a funny way around trying to sort of rationalize it for anyone but I feel if I've got all the same stuff then the reason I don't sound like it is because of me and then I don't have any excuses apart from <laughs> practice True. but if I don't have all the right kit then I can quite easily go well that's because that doesn't that's not the right thing so I think that's at least how that that's how I sleep at night when I check my bank balance but um so your story though you you obviously have been a devout forum member for a long time and you've also come to pretty much every meetup that's ever been had in the UK because there isn't one in the Netherlands um tell me about the first meetup you came to and how that felt and what that was like for you uh, the first meetup I visited was 2010. It was in uh, in Huckelscoat, if I remember well, at March yep. Place. Um, well, uh, before my first meetup, uh, I'd been a, a member of the forum for about seven or eight years, I think. And um, the first meetups were around 2007, eight, I think, something like that. Yeah. But... Adam Bent did the very first one in Sheffield, which I think was a little bit earlier, and there was maybe two of those, and then it, it died off for a bit, and then Matt Wicks did one or two, and then Mark started doing them, and then it went away for a little bit, but okay. I think you'll, yeah. Okay, and around the time, um, the the pictures of the meetups showed up on the, on the forum, and, um, and, and slowly those meetups became more... Um, well, they became bigger, and, and uh, suddenly I saw uh, pictures of the of uh, the the Pete Cornish pedalboard uh, coming along, and uh, the Birch guitar, and that was a moment for me when I thought, okay, it's not going to happen again that I'm missing out on one. So I really got to go there uh, next year. So uh, that's how it went. So uh, 2010 was the first one. Um, I think it was a, a very nice one to. Uh, to go for to the first one because the uh, the original Dicky amp uh, showed up, which was uh, really interesting. Um, the first meetup was uh, it, it it was nice to uh, to meet some people uh, to which you already spoke for a lot of years, like like Mark and Peter and Martin and Mike and Sean, uh, Matt of course. Um, <laughs> Don't forget Matt. How could we? How could we ever forget him? No, um, never could. Uh, uh, he will never forget me as well uh, from that meetup because I wore a uh, white trouser, but that's not a story. I remember. Yeah, it is a story that uh, it's one of those uh, fables from the, the forum. That should be a different uh, podcast, I think. I could, we yep. could easily fill an hour with that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, that was uh, the first one. And uh, yeah, like I said, um, it, it was very nice to uh, to finally meet the people you spoke to for years already and, and the guys who helped you out uh, with everything. So that was very nice, uh, very nice experience. Um, and the years after that, um, uh, it, it, it really became a, a friendship thing. So... Um, I, I, I cared less about about the gear that would show up at the meetups every every year, and um, for now it's 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 like um, if there wouldn't be anything guitar related and it would just be uh, all the friends together, I would still uh, book a flight and and come along because that's the main thing by now. It's it's not about the gear anymore. Of course, it's very interesting if if people bring uh, new things along which they made or. Uh, 
or Nigel comes up with something or, or, or Andy Guyton. It's very nice, of course, but it's, it's not uh, the thing I would go for. Uh, that wouldn't be the main reason anymore. It's more the friendship by now, just sitting in the bar at night and, and just having a lot of fun with friends. And that's what it's all about. Definitely. And I think when I started arranging them, when was that, 2016 or 17? I can't remember now. One of those two years. That's the main reason why I did it, was to get everyone back together again and get the people that I've spoken to and missed talking to and get everyone together um, in the same room so we can all have a chat and have a drink and enjoy the night before on a Friday, having a few drinks, but not too many, Sean. Um, <laughs> so that you can understand what's going on the next day. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the meetup is very much a byproduct of just getting everyone together, really. Yeah. Um, and anything that happens that's been special in any meetup, it, to me, is just an absolute bonus. And I think it's um, it's a testament to the group of people that are interested in this, how we've all become friends over the years. And um, I often uh, I say this in every podcast, so people probably get bored of me saying it. But I always think back to how none of that is possible without Brian and Harold or young Brian May talking to his dad about wanting to buy an electric guitar and Harold saying, well, I think we can build one better than what they, they can buy for the money and then setting about building this red special guitar. And I wonder if Brian's ever really considered that or whether, I mean, I've considered it. I know other people have, but, you know, whether or not they were having a joke and a laugh at one point building it and saying, oh, imagine if I become a rock star and, it's um to me it's become much more than than that and it's turned yeah. into the the friends I have throughout the meetups and the forum and the red special is more important almost well it definitely not almost definitely more important than the guitar itself. Yes, um, agree. It's nice to hear other people have the same experience. Yeah, I think it's also a quite quite a unique thing. I I sometimes wonder if if there's something similar in the world with for for another guitarist. I something I've looked for actually uh, and I've spent some time talking to some other forum members about this and um, we can't find I mean personally I can't find anything that matches this in any way there's some forums that I belong to that look at the um, like details of other things but none that have such a strong bond of friendship and also have the interaction from like Nigel Bryan's, for those of you that don't know, Nigel Knight from Knight Audio Technologies, who does all of Bryan's treble boosters and electronics and routing and now makes his amps for him, and Pete Malandrone, who is Bryan's guitar tech, and Andy Guyton, who looks after the Red Special and builds copies, and all of these people that are around Bryan turn up at these meetups, not because we invite them, um, but in fact, I don't think I've ever invited... Nigel or Pete to come they've just arrived and then um, <laughs> <laughs> probably ought to have a word with them about that but um, no it's it's just so nice to think that they want you know they're aware of it and they turn up and they offer their time and they're not they are genuinely interested in us and trying to help us out and we've got a strong connection to knowing what's going on in terms of Brian's rig more so than any other guitarist I think yeah true we're, we're very lucky but you, um, you have your own story with Brian, I believe. Yeah, true. That's um. So, how did that all come about? Because um, you know, he asked you if he could borrow your white trousers. I mean, that's. 
that's where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't share that part on the internet, so I wonder how you found that out, but okay. <laughs> I um, Well, I wouldn't like to say, not on a, a podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, so um, yeah, Gerben, how did you get to end up meeting Brian May and um, him playing your guitar in Rig Live? Um, okay, uh, since 2006, uh, there was an, an, an organization in the Netherlands who... Uh, who came up with a uh, guitarist award. Uh, it was called the uh, Eddie Cristiani Award. Uh, Eddie Cristiani was a, uh, he, he passed away a few years ago. Um, he was a, uh, an, an, a, guitar, a Dutch guitar player. Uh, it is said that he was the, the first electric guitar player in 1939, if I remember well. Good year, by the way, 39. Um, uh, and those awards went every year to uh, to some great Dutch guitarists, and um, uh, the most famous to uh, to international people is probably uh, Adrian Vandenberg. Um, so he got one, and a few uh, other good guitarists. Oh, uh, uh, Jan Ackerman as well might uh, might ring a bell for you, and a few others. And in two thousand and ten. Um, they managed to uh, to get an international big name, which was uh, Steve Lukather from Toto. Uh, so he received the award and uh, he seemed to have a, a great time at that night when he received the award and, and played a few songs with the band. Um, so then they wanted to take it one step further in 2011 and uh, they asked Queen, uh, uh, well, Queen Productions, uh, if, if it was possible to get Brian May there. Because uh, Queen is, uh, is is always a very has always been a very popular band in the Netherlands, so uh, they wanted to try to get Brian May. Um, I, re I I remember Brian uh, saying um, he he wasn't really sure if he he should go, so he uh, he phoned Steve Lukather to ask what it was like, and uh, Steve answered uh, it, it's it's really great, do it. So. Um, then Brian decided to go. Um, how did I find out? Um, I searched on uh, on a website. It's called Marketplace. It's a it's a it's a Dutch website where they where you can sell and buy stuff. And suddenly I noticed there was uh, someone selling tickets for the uh, Eddie Cristiani Award with Brian May. And somehow I missed about that news. So I started to search what it was about. And um, I decided to call the organizer because um, I live in the far north of the country, the uh, the Frisian outback. Ask uh, Luke Holbert for it and uh, Holberda, sorry. Ask him and uh, he knows about it. Um, and uh, this award was in the in the in the far south of the country. Well, the country isn't that big, but it was like a three and a half hour drive, and I was thinking, well. Uh, would it be like uh, receiving an award saying thank you very much and, and, and going off? Would that be worth the trip? Um, so I thought I, I called the organizer just to ask what's, what, what the plan is. So I, uh, I called this guy called uh, uh, Cor de Jonge. And uh, I think we, we spoke for, for more than an hour because there was a, 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 a huge, yeah, we call it a click. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we had a nice chat, and he was—he uh, really got excited uh, 
because of my story of of uh, owning some sort of uh, Brian May rig and and having some uh, pedals and amps uh, being modified by by some of Brian's technicians, and he got really excited. And at some point, he said, "You know what we're going to do?" Um, Brian wasn't sure if he w- would like to play uh, guitar, so he said, "If you promise me that you uh, show up on the day of that, if you show up that whole weekend." Uh, with all your gear, uh, I pay for your uh, hotel and your fuel and your meals, and uh, I'll make sure everything is arranged for you as long as you show up with all your stuff, and maybe we can make Brian play. So that was uh, that was an easy deal to me. So in <laughs> uh, yeah, so in April I uh, I drove to uh, to the south in a, a borrowed car of my neighbor, a big station wagon because. All the gear didn't fit in my car, so I had to borrow someone else's car. And I drove to the south, and some people uh, were like... Uh, I, I remember my family saying, are you really sure you're going to do this? Uh, isn't it some sort of scam and uh, people trying to set you up and steal your gear? Uh, or is this for real? I, I trusted it was for real, so uh, I went there. And um, on the... I arrived on a Friday night and I had to set up uh, the rig in the theater on uh, on the Friday night as well. And on uh, Saturday, um, before Brian showed up, uh, uh, we had to do some uh, some te- tests with the gear and, uh, and and try everything out. And um, suddenly, uh, we got a call from Brian's PA, I think. Um, because Brian um, wanted to know about uh, the gear, if it was set up and if it was okay, uh, because he would like to uh, to try it out um, before the show. And then uh, and after the test, he would go to his hotel to do some interviews with Dutch television and then come back for the show. So he... Um, he came along. Uh, he came to the through the the back entrance of the theater. So there were hundreds of people in front of the theater, and uh, ever, no one was allowed to uh, to be in except a few. Uh, I was there for the rig, of course, and uh, famous Dutch rock band Van Velzen was there as well, because they were supposed to play a few songs with Brian. And suddenly he came uh, through the back door. Um, with some bodyguards, of course, and uh, well, we, uh, we had a nice uh, chat with with the guys from Van Velzen, and uh, he spent a lot of time testing uh, testing the rig. I think, well, if I remember well, like 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 forty five minutes maybe. He really took his time to try everything, and he, he asked me, uh, "Oh, could you try another booster? And could you try a dial a bit on this and that?" And after a while, he was uh, he was happy with it, and uh, he then left. Uh, for his interviews and uh, at night he got the award, uh, gave a beautiful speech and after that he played a few uh, a few songs with uh, Van Velzen and uh, I was backstage uh, and I couldn't stop pinching myself because uh, uh, one of my major uh, dreams came true uh, which was meeting Brian May and, uh, and exactly a few months later uh, my second big dream came true and that was playing Brian's original guitar, but that was another story. So that's that's how it went. So not not too bad then. So if I remember what boost, um, not that it really matters, but he picked a purple booster. Yes, true. Um, Dan Thomas is now the uh, the proud owner of it. 
I, uh, I uh, see the booster every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he always takes it along. Um, I think I've, I, I took along a few boosters because I, uh, I wasn't really sure if uh, Brian would be satisfied with the sound as uh, I use attenuators, which uh, yeah. Brian ov- obviously doesn't. Uh, so I thought, okay, if I use attenuators, it might uh, it might give a big bit less less overdrive because the speakers don't work as hard. Uh, so I thought I should take uh, a few powerful uh, boosters along. Um, so I thought we okay, let's let's start uh, gentle. So I plugged in a touring because I knew he was uh, using that at the time, uh, and he, he he thought it it lacked a bit of gain. So uh, he said, "Is there a way to to get a bit more out of the amps?" So I then plugged in the uh, the deluxe booster, the Fryer, the purple one, and uh, and then uh, he was happy or or just polite. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find him? I mean, it must be for him. I'd imagine I don't know. You there's Brian May, and you turn up to this place, and some bloke's got a pretty nylon replica of your guitar and all the stuff he uses. Did he sort of mention it was slightly odd or? How did he take it? Was he? I I do remember. I asked him, does does it does it look a bit at home, uh, like like home, uh, something like that? I, I asked him. I, I was a bit nervous, so I probably said some some terrible things to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was no reason to be nervous, by the way, because uh, that should be mentioned. Maybe um, we, we, he always seems like a very very uh, friendly and down-to-earth guy in, in, in interviews and uh, I, I, I should agree it, it he really is within a few moments it's, it's like speaking to your uncle or something it's but um, uh, he he's he made some uh, remark about um, about a TV program where they where they uh, uh, where they copy um, the furniture of your house or something I can't remember the name of it anymore but that's that's what he referred to from it's a bit like like a moment like this he said yeah well that's good and he was he was genuinely pretty nice to you and grateful for going what did he make of your guitar because which one was it was it the the KZ Junior he played through or was it you yes yeah. it was the KZ yes and um, I'm I'm quite a gentle uh, gentle player. Uh, I, the, the junior, if you see it one day, it, if you take a close look at the scratch plate, for instance, it, it almost looks like new. Um, and, and I've had the guitar for many years now, so I am quite a gentle player. Uh, Brian is too, but he, he, he seems to hit a bit more plastic and, uh, <laughs> and pickups. So I remember um, there were a few scratches uh, just above the, uh, the lower E string, uh, which I noticed after him playing. So uh, we had a bit of email contact a few days after the uh, after the show because I, I, I wanted to thank him for uh, for uh, using my rig and um, so uh, I, I told him uh, about uh, about the scratches and, uh, and I said I really liked uh, the scratches and uh, so he uh, he emailed me back like uh, oh I'm uh, I'm sorry for the scratches is there anything uh, I can do in return to uh, to help you repair it or uh, so that was very friendly uh, so i answered to him uh, uh, don't worry about it there are only two persons in the world who are uh, allowed to to make scratches on my guitar and that's that's you and me so uh, i'm fine with it so uh, then he replied something like uh, uh, you're a good soul uh, see you next time 
Yeah. Something Lovely. like that. Lovely. What a, what a fantastic experience, Gerben. Yes. Very lovely. Absolutely. Yes. Don't hate. Don't hate you at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you mentioned in your story there that you also then a few months later got to play the original Red Special, which was at the um, the Red Special meetup that year, hosted by Mike Ride. Yes. How was that then playing the original? It, it was, yeah. Uh, well, you you hear it already. Uh, I. I can't even find the words for it. Um, um, it was it was unique, of course. Uh, uh, we knew it was was a very special moment for all of us, and uh, likely that it that it would never happen again. Um, so it was. I think it was also very uh, very nice of of, of Brian to uh, uh, to have the faith in us uh, in, in a way uh, to to trust us with his guitar. I think that was pretty special by itself already. Uh, also, if we only uh, were allowed to look at it, that would have been very special to me uh, already. But we uh, we were allowed to play it, and uh, I played it for a few minutes. Um, uh, what, what was really interesting to see that if you really take a close look at all the detailed parts, you you can really see it's it's being uh, made with, with handmade tools. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and the filled woodworm uh, holes, and that was really uh, nice to see. And, uh, and there were a lot, lot of more dents and scratches uh, than you see on, on up-close pictures. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it was just a, a piece of, of, of rock history that you were holding in your hands. And um, I remember it, it also... Um, I've got a video on YouTube playing um, the Bohemian Rhapsody solo, I think. Well, trying to. And um, we were only allowed to play it with a pick, but um, it, to me, it's 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 still a unique sounding guitar. It's it it's got it's got a natural brightness that that no other copy uh, has to my ears. It, it might be a bit between my ears as well, but um, yeah, I when I especially when I played some out of phase parts, it's really sounded like okay this is the original guitar i i never heard mine or or another one that had the same scream somehow even yeah, with big it's, it's talking about quite a lot actually because i, I think from whenever i pick up a red special i always try the bridge and middle in phase and then i always jump to the neck and middle out phase mm. and it's the screamy sound that i think is the hardest to get right with the pickup settings and pickups and I always wonder whether there's some secret source hidden away in the red special that we don't know about that we think we do or whether or not there's something else going on there that we're unaware of because everyone that's played the original says that screamy sound is just iconic and we can get I'd say we get to like 90 to 95% of the way there with our our copies but that extra little bit it's just very difficult to find yes maybe a bit of the charm as well that we just can't get that hundred percent. Yeah, but we do get very close these days. Yeah. <laughs> we do a lot closer than we used to back in the early two thousands. Because also, no, also, also, when I listen back to the to the to the recordings of Brian playing my rig, uh, my that sound was uh, way too too dull. Uh, yeah. But at that time, uh, I didn't know as much as I know now about 
pick up heights and, and, and microphone uh, positions. So all those little things uh, I, I've changed over the years. And I think it, it sounds closer as well now. Definitely. And I would say to anyone that it's those little details that add up that make the difference yeah. to the overall sound. And it's very much the science of marginal gains where that 2% there and 2% there and 2% there all add up to make a bigger change to the overall sound. And um, it's not until you really start to study it like some of us have with different mic positions, different amp speakers, attenuators, volume, treble booster, signal path, um, pickup heights, phase posts inside the guitar, um, even the cable you're using or wireless, what type of lead, how long is it, the capacitance, all of those things add up over time and will alter yeah. that sound ever so slightly. And if you're as daft as we are, you uh, continue to go hunting to try and get that that signal path to sound how you we all think it should do. Um, there's some pretty good, good replicas out there. What a fantastic year that must have been for you to meet Brian, have him play your stuff, and then uh, him return the favour and let you play his guitar. It was. So um, there, was, there were exactly three months in between because he played my guitar on the 23rd of April and uh, we played his on the 23rd of July. Yep. And um, as I just mentioned, he, uh, he wrote to me... Uh, uh, thank you, uh, thank you for for playing your guitar, and I'm sorry about the scratches. So, I had to write the same back to him, of course. So thank you for playing, uh, for, uh, that I could play your guitar. I'm sorry for the scratches. Shame he didn't reply to that one, but uh, no, I'm yes. not sure if it, it it reached him because he probably gets a lot of email, uh, and it goes uh, through a filter named Jim. Yeah. So, eh? so I'm no sure problem. He probably he might have read it and then chuckled to himself and then or I pissed him off and then carried on well <laughs> one of the <laughs> possibly one of the main well not one of the main aims one of my aims for the podcast is to end up with Brian May and the Red Special on the Red Special Guitar Podcast so if I ever do get him on Gerben I'll ask him if he received that email and um, see what he says but yeah if anyone out there listening knows how I can get hold of Brian or knows Brian or knows a way of Show, getting him to listen to the podcast so he can hear what it's all about and that we're all very genuine and we uh, have a love of him his dad and the guitar they created then please do pass on the details and um, email me at redspecialguitarpodcast at gmail.com um, with those details so I can get him on the podcast but no Gerben you've been very lucky there um, very lucky indeed yes another reason not to hate you too much <laughs> <laughs> and then still love you too yeah, I know. Um, and then fast forward a few years and you came, you, uh, meetups went away a little bit for a time. Um, won't necessarily go into the details of why. And then you um, you showed up in, in Feel in Reading in whatever year it was. At the, yes. um, the Calcott Hotel for a brand new, brand new set of meetups. Yes, true. Uh, how, did you fi- how did you find those? I, uh, I think you've done a great job uh, uh, organizing them. Uh, I wasn't fishing for compliments, but thank you. <laughs> you were. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I think, no, seriously, I, I think you did a great job. Uh, they've been really nice uh, the past few meetups, and uh, they've been really, uh, really uh, diverse. Uh, we've been meeting some, uh, some new faces. Um, 
some new friends coming along. Uh, I think the hotel is a very nice place. Um, uh, the, 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 the hall we, we play is, is, is a good venue as well. So uh, fantastic to me. We seem to have found a nice groove, haven't we? It's, um, yes. It's a nice, it sort of feels comfortable now. So that I think the first one was always a bit, bit nerve wracking, but um, we got lucky with Andy Guyton turning up with the uh, restoration video, which again was another treat that I wouldn't imagine you would get at any other kind of guitar loving fan club. Um, Andy Guyton, for those of you that don't know, who made 50 replicas and is currently making 21 time warp replicas he um had filmed a video of him restoring the original red special for in 2016 and he brought the video along with him to show us for a one time only so you'd only get to see it if you're in the room and i've never heard a room so quiet and seen so much focus on the screen as uh, watching that video absolutely it was the uh, the most exciting thriller movie we've ever seen i think yeah no it's, it's pretty cool but no, it's um, yeah, it's been fun, and it's great that you come over. It's one of the highlights of my year is the meetup weekend, and it's not just about the meetup to me. It very much, as you said, it's about the people that come, and you're one of. The, I mean, I love seeing everyone, but it, it's very nice to know that you want to take all that effort and trust in me to put something on to turn up from the Netherlands each year, and it's um, it's always nice to see you when you turn up. Even you. if you give me a, even if you give me mugs with my face on, <laughs> I couldn't find a picture with just a transporter on it. So, sorry. Yeah, a mug on a mug. <laughs> no, it's um, you've had a great story, Gerben, so far. And what's so? What's next on your list of uh, things to purchase? What's next on the Peter Michalowski Gerben? You must purchase this next list. Um, may I say it's not Brian May related? You can, but I'll stop recording the podcast. And <laughs> no, go for it. What is Fair it? Enough. Fair we... enough. No, 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 not at all. What is it? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, an Ernie Ball silhouette. Okay. That's always been, uh, been a, a dream guitar of mine. And maybe I should go for that one uh, finally. Yeah, well, I think it's probably the best part of 20 years of Red Specials now. Maybe uh, time to buy another guitar. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a few other guitars, but I'm um, I'm not playing in a Queen tribute band. Uh, I, I tried to, uh, to to form a tribute band a few years ago, but it, it's it's not very easy uh, in, the, in the northern part of the country to, uh, to form a band. Uh, not that many... Uh, uh, Queen fans, I think, uh, which yeah. are musicians. So that's uh, that. I didn't manage to do that. So um, I, I don't really need a, a second red special because just for at home, um, it, it wouldn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, I I'm also a big uh, John Mayer fan, to be honest. So uh, uh, I rather uh, play a beautiful strat on my Fender amp as well. I also like doing yeah. that. Nice. And if um, if you could give, so hypothetically, if you could go back in time and give young Gerben, who's just about to pay his 50,000, I can't think of what the currency you said was. Gilders. Um, Gilders to 
to young Irvin has just got the loan from his mum what one piece of advice would you give yourself about this journey you have ended up on um I think I just would have done the same. Yeah, it's, fair it's enough. The whole whole life is a, is a journey to me. So um, that not everything is, uh, is 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 perfect the first way. Uh, that that's just normal and it's just part of the journey. And uh, it's it's all about a trial and error and and fall and get up again. So um, no, it's 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 been a good journey, and I'm really thankful for that and uh, for all the experiences as well. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have no no rights to complain about anything uh, on this subject. I mean, uh, beautiful experiences, uh, met a lot of beautiful people, uh, uh, see you guys uh, every year. Uh, it's uh, it's good. A very good answer. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you very much, Gerben, for your time today. It's been uh, great catching up with you. Sorry it wasn't in the, the meetup hall in Thiel. But I'm sure I'll talk to you again and get you on another podcast and we can look over some of the other specific details of your rig at some point. But thank you very much for your time, yes. sir. Thank you very much as well. Uh, thank you for asking me as well. Be very kind. Well, I asked everyone else first and they all said no. So I had to pick you, didn't I? Yeah. So you had to ask like uh, <laughs> like 4,000 members on the Facebook forum. Yeah, I can imagine. Yep. Yeah, and I was the only one no. who liked to do it. Okay, I get it. There you go. No, no, not at all. You were on my, uh, my hit list for the, one of the first few. Mainly, my list has been decided upon who I like speaking to. So, uh, yeah. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud because there's now people that I speak to that haven't been asked yet. will go, well, you're speaking to these people. Does he not like them? But No, Gerben, thank you ever so much. It's been great talking to you and learning a little bit more about your story. And um, let's catch up again soon for another another chat. Absolutely. Thank you very much and uh, speak to you soon. And that was Gerben. What a fantastic story, Gerben. You've certainly crafted your own way into getting to Brian May and playing the original guitar and uh, having Brian play through your kit, which what a fantastic story. Yeah, thank you again for your time. It's uh, always great to speak to you and it was nice to actually spend an hour or so just chatting to you just just on my own rather than at the meetup where it's quite difficult to catch up. Now, at this point, I'd like to remind everyone of my Get Brian May on the Red Special Guitar Podcast campaign where my campaign is the ultimate goal is to get Brian May and the Red Special to appear on the podcast to talk to me about how well, whatever whatever we can come up with. And I'm sure if that ever happens, I will uh, let you all know in advance. You can send in questions and we can try and make that a fantastic episode. But if anyone knows a route to Brian, how to get to someone that he knows or has an idea of how we might be able to achieve that, then please, please hit me up or send me an email and uh, let's see if we can make that happen. And that's pretty much it for this week's episode. I'd like to thank you all again for taking your time out to listen to me. I'd like to thank all my guests for their time i'd like to thank my patrons for helping support the channel and i'd like to thank brian and harold may once again for building the red special and inspiring all of this stay safe everyone and i'll catch you in the next one